Welcome to the talk show for talkers from irishtalkers.com. Greetings Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends. You're most welcome to the talk show for talkers here on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com and you can find us on Facebook as the Talk Show for Talkers. We welcome your comments, your questions, your feedback, and of course, your evaluations. You can also listen to previous shows from this season and previous seasons on our website, irishtalkers.com. We also publish the Public Speaking Weekly, a roundup of links from the internet about Toastmasters, about public speaking, about confidence and leadership. In fact, everything to do with Toastmasters and public speaking. So just look for the newspaper link on our website. My name is Moira O'Brien and this week we don't have Tevin Ampey, he's away working, but I'm joined as usual by the pernickety Paul Omani. Paul, you're most welcome. It will be a pleasure to pernickety with you Moira and listeners I'm delighted to be with you again. I, I think the, it would be to pernicketize if one can invent a verb. <laughs> yes, my, um, my brain was working over, over. I was trying to get uh, to pernick, and I thought pernick would be a better one. To pernick <laughs> would be, uh, which rhymes with picnic, perhaps even. It is. But it's quite interesting sometimes to invent new forms of existing words don't you think oh absolutely i uh, i'm certainly going to invent several words during this show that's great well this week we have uh, our usual eclectic mix in the first segment we have a thought for the week and a word of the week and we'll be delving into uh, the magazine which has landed on our desk in last the last few days and in section two, we have a World Championship speech. This is going back a little bit in history, but I know you're going to find this really good. And hopefully we'll, we'll have some conversation about it. In part three, all we'll be talking about using crutches at club meetings, speaking with confidence. And in part four, I will be talking about ensuring that your meeting runs smoothly. Let us begin with our quote for the week. If this suits you, Mr. Omani, because I wouldn't want to uh, ride roughshod over your intentions. Is this oh. okay with you? Oh, of course it is, of course it is. <laughs> well, look, look, uh, Moya, I, I want to talk about crap, um, or I want to talk well, about something that sounds like crap, and crap, as we all accept, is a vulgarism, which a word we wouldn't use at any Toastmasters meeting, and we wouldn't advocate that anybody would use it in any context whatsoever, except I'm perhaps... I'm very in, glad to hear this, Paul. Except perhaps in a <laughs> pub or something like that. No, the word I want to focus on is a, a word that would be useful if you were talking to somebody about their hangover or about uh, how they felt the day, the, the day after they had gone and indulged in debauchery. It's, the word is crapulent, C-R-A-P-U-L-E-N-T. That's a adjective. There is a word, uh, crapulence, 
And there is another uh, adjective called crapulous. Essentially, it means to be sick from uh, too much drinking. It's all to do with uh, an excessive amount of alcohol. It goes right back to Roman times. And it, it is a useful word in many contexts in which you might want to refer to somebody's excessive drinking habits. Let me, let me give you a, a, a rather literary use of the word in a, in a sentence. It, it was a difficult choice by anyone's reckoning. Suffer the cackling of crapulent in-laws. I'll repeat that. Suffer the cackling of crapulent in-laws tanking themselves up on festive sherry or make your excuses and leave the room to go and suffer the Christmas supplement. And that phrase, the cackling of crapulent in-laws, that's got to be a winner in some contexts, even if uh, it would be unwise to use it in a, in a, a speech at a wedding. I find the whole word to be a little bit on the dangerous side, Paul, purely and simply because of those first four letters. But I can see, I can see that uh, under certain circumstances, especially if one is, happens to be in the public house, that it could be a useful epithet to use to describe one's drinking partner. Well, there must be many words which begin in the same way as some vulgarisms but actually turn the meaning into something very useful so i do think it depends a lot on where you put the emphasis if i was to say to you that ted melanpi is away engaging in a weekend of crapulence it uh, i don't think it would sound like a vulgarism a lot of people probably wouldn't understand what it means but it could well be explained by saying, in other words, he's going to indulge in a huge amount of intemperance, especially in relation to drinking. So intemperance and crapulence go very nicely together, I think. Hmm. There's, a, there's a lot to think about there. I shall, I shall consider and I will report back to you maybe off air. Okay, now perhaps perhaps we can leave all this chat about crapulence and perhaps I engaged in a vulgar way of introducing it. And can I ask you, have you got an interesting quotation for us this week? Well, as I was uh, about to, to give it to you when you jumped in with your word, but I was quite happy to let you have your head. Now, yes, I have a quote. And it's an interesting quote. It's from, it's a very ancient one. It's from a gentleman who calls himself a saint. Well, I don't think he calls himself a saint. I think he was called a saint. From St. Jeremy or St. Jerome. I'm not sure how he pronounced it. Uh, it goes something like this. Good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. Now, I feel this has some resonance with what we try to do in Toastmasters. 
What do we do? We come to Toastmasters in order to improve. Um, we start off maybe not good, maybe we start off being okay, just. But the okay, just then becomes good, hopefully, and in time the good becomes better, and then the better becomes best. Well, so I, I think St. Jeremy had it, uh, had it to a T. Never I, let it rest. Keep, always keep striving to improve. And that, I think, is a good lesson for especially those of us who have been in Toastmasters for some time and who are thinking, well, I've got my DTM or I've got my Advanced Communicator Gold or my Level 5 in many paths in, in Pathways. I haven't got anything more to learn. Oh, that's <laughs> absolute rubbish because we can always learn and we can always improve. And I know this. I, I have my DTM, but I know that really I'm only on the first ladder of being a successful speaker. Yes, I, I, can, I can confirm that, Moira. As an observer, I see a lot more potential in you so I would now I'd like to I'd like to compliment Saint Jerome for getting in ahead of kaizen. Kaizen is a Japanese word which refers to continuous improvement, connected with total quality management movement, which became extremely powerful during the 1980s, and will be known to many Toastmasters. Kaizen, continuous improvement. Well, we can now go back to St. Jerome and uh, talk about making our good better and our better best. And, of course, then we have to get our best to be better. <laughs> well, it's difficult, of course, to, uh, to exceed one's best. But I think the, being more, more serious about this, we never achieve perfection. Nobody can achieve perfection. But we strive to be the best that we can possibly be. And if that is near, perfect, near to perfection, then we've, we've achieved all we can achieve. But how many people can say that they've actually achieved that? Very, very few, I would surmise. Let's have a look at Lark Dowley. Paul, have you read the introduction that uh, Lark Dowley put into this month's magazine? Well, I have. I've read every syllable and I've read every punctuation mark. I've, uh, I've applied myself to uh, trying to figure out where she was getting to after she describes a Toastmasters meeting that has a terrific introduction when you arrive at the door where all the role players put forward all of their all of their descriptions in you know, top class, and then urges us not to forget something which is not, not defined in any of the role descriptions, and it's a thing called personal connections, personal connections. And I think this is a splendid uh, point that she's making because she emphasizes one thing, and I think there's another point she could have emphasized, she emphasizes the importance of, for example, an evaluator getting in touch with a speech person preparing a speech 
and having that personal connection before the meeting so that the evaluator understands what are the personal issues which the speaker is dealing with and builds an emotional and supportive connection with the speaker. And there are other opportunities as well during the meeting, like, for example, if there's a break, where people can make personal connections. All of these things are not written down. Well, some of them are written down in, on the website. But the, the emphasis on personal, I think, is very apt. Well, we're actually going to take some of Lagdali's thoughts and expand upon them in the fourth section because I'm going to be covering the quality, making a quality meeting and making sure that a meeting runs smoothly. So we'll stop this section now as we've uh, come to the end of our time and we'll see you again with our international winning speech in the next segment. So do join us then. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every Friday afternoon at 4pm Dublin time. Check on our website irishtalkers.com for more information.